Amen. Appreciate that song this morning. Praise God. Let's look to the book of Deuteronomy today, if you would. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. We're going to read a few verses here, beginning with verse 15. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 15. Many years ago, actually uh, more than 40 years ago, when I was trying to get started uh, preaching, I preached a message, and it was desires determine decisions, decisions determine your destiny. That was my sermon, and I couldn't have known then how true that that is. It is so true that every day of our life, every day, every week, we make decisions and our life is the sum total of all those decisions. A lot of times they're small and sometimes you might think, well, those are, they're insignificant decisions that we make on a daily basis. But when you, the sum total of all of those little decisions make up who you are. It makes up uh, what you do, what you accomplish. So it is really important. Now these words here in Deuteronomy 30 are uh, the last uh, words from Moses. As you know, Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land, but he did, did give this last message to that generation before they went in. And this is part of it here in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day, ye shall surely perish, that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that, thou, that both thou and thy seed shall live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days." that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So it's true that our desires do affect our decisions and our decisions affect our future, our destiny, everything about uh, our, our, our life. As I said, I, I could have never have known, but today after a lot of years, I recognize that daily decisions do make a difference. 
what we do every day, what we do every week, the sum total of it makes a difference uh, in, uh, in, our, in our, our life. So Moses gives to the, presents to this younger generation. Remember, the book of Deuteronomy is, the word Deuteronomy means second law. And so God gives through Moses the law again to this second generation. All of their fathers have died in the wilderness. That entire generation has died off. Now a new younger generation is ready to march in uh, to uh, take the possession, take the promised land. Um, And so Moses gives to them a second law. Aren't you glad that God is a God of second chances? That God doesn't give up on us? That God continues to show good and mercy uh, to uh, our lives? So this is like a farewell message from Moses to the children of Israel, declaring to them that you've got choices before you. There's some decisions you're going to make, and it's important that you make the right decisions and so, so all of us here today, if you're a young person, then you've got a lot of decisions before you. And really, no matter what uh, stage you are in in your life, if you're middle-aged or, or, for, or if you are older, there are still, still decisions that you are making. And all of those decisions are important, and it's certainly important that we seek the Lord about the, the things that we do and the decisions that we make. The, the, their fathers had made a decision to not believe the report, the good report of the two spies, but instead they believed an evil report, the Bible says, of the other ten spies. That sent them back into the wilderness and that entire generation faced the consequences of bad decisions. Bad decisions. That, that were made. And so uh, I think we need to look at this for a few minutes this morning because in our lives we are always choosing. And I encourage you today to choose, make the decisions that are going to have the best effect upon your life. And the promise that's given to us in this text it is promised us that if you'll follow my commandments, if you'll do my will, if you'll Uh, obey my voice. You'll live, you'll multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. And so it's not some prosperity doctrine to say that if you obey the voice of the Lord and follow his commandments, that you can expect that God is going to bless your life. That's not prosperity doctrine. That's just the word of God. You can expect If you walk in obedience to, I'm not saying that you won't have troubles or struggles uh, along the way. I'm just saying for the broad, big picture of your life, if you'll walk in obedience to the ways of the Lord, the commandments of God, you can expect the promise of God is that that God will bless your life. You You will enjoy the blessing and the favor of God in your life. Now that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. Uh, we know the promise of God that I, if I make a right decision and make a, uh, a good decision, that it's going to bless my life and have far-reaching effects if I will just walk in accordance to the ways of the Lord. Now, Joshua uh, is the new leader who steps on the scene 
And uh, uh, the Bible says that Joshua, uh, that he meditated upon the law of the Lord day and night. He committed himself uh, to, to the book of the law. Said in Joshua 1 and 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of, uh, out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. Everyone wants to have a prosperous life, a successful life, and the promise that God gave to Joshua If you'll focus on me, if you'll meditate on the law of the Lord, you'll make that the focus of your life. I'm going to cause you to have success and blessing and favor and prosperity in your life. I'll bless your life if you'll make the decision to make God's word, the law of the Lord, the focus of your your attention. Amen. So I just challenge all of you, young people. Remember the value and the importance of the things of God and the Word of God. Nothing should take preeminence over the Word of God in your life. It should be valuable. It should be important. It should be the focus of your your attention. You should hide it in your heart. You should walk in obedience to to the ways of the Lord. Not just because you want God's blessing, just because that's the life of blessing. That's the way that will pro- that, that uh, walk will produce good things in your life. Good fruit will be produced from a life that's focused upon the things of the Lord. So Joshua did that. And it was Joshua that also said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And he was just simply saying to that young new generation that's getting ready to go into the promised land, I declare myself. I make this commitment. This is how I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to do. I have to tell you that sometimes there is a price to pay. Sometimes you will face some rejection uh, as far as the world is concerned. But when you make a decision, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to turn to the Lord. I remember very vividly in my mind as a young person When I was going through all the throes of decisions and trying to decide what's next and what do I do and what direction do I take as a 17-year-old boy, I can remember at the times in altar prayer when I just realized, Lord, I don't want to do anything that's going to mess up my life and my future. I want to follow in the ways of the Lord. And uh, somehow, because of the prayers of family and loved ones and different ones that God had put in my life. They prayed for me and God helped me to make that kind of a statement, that kind of decision. I want to serve God. I want to serve God. Young people, that's something you're going to have to do because there's going to be winds blowing against you, temptations coming against you. You're going to find yourself in circumstances where it is not going to be easy to stand for what's right. So you need to make a decision now. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to obey the voice of the Lord. No matter what everybody else does, no matter what the direction is, I make up my mind, I'm going to serve the Lord. And that's what Joshua did. He made a decision and a commitment. I'm going to serve the Lord as for me and my house 
We are going to serve the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So there's several decisions here in the, in the, uh, the life of Joshua and that early, that young generation that's getting ready to pro- march into the promised land and take hold of the promises of God that has been given to, uh, to their fathers who rejected them in unbelief and died in the wilderness. Now a second generation has another chance to go in and to possess the promised land and to follow uh, this man Joshua who is focused on the law of the Lord and has determined I am going to serve God. I am going to follow the Lord with all of my heart. The very next thing that happens is they've got this big Jordan River in, in front of them. And at that particular time of the year, the Jordan is out of its banks. And uh, the snows have melted in the north. And the, uh, uh, all of that is running down. And so the Jordan River that normally is, is not very big at all... But uh, during certain times of the year, uh, that it was swelling. Jordan was wide. It was swelling. It was rushing. And so this is the time that they're going to cross over into the promised land. But they needed to have the same promise of their fathers. They needed to see the same God that could bring them uh, into, uh, uh, into the promised land. And so they were to follow, the instruction was, follow the Ark of the Covenant and go across that Jordan River. It's rushing, it's out of its banks and uh, dangerous. But God said, if you'll follow the Ark of God, I'll lead you across the Jordan River. And so Joshua commanded the people to follow the Ark. And as soon as the, 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 the feet of the priest touched that Jordan River, the waters rolled back and they were able to walk across just like their fathers did 40 years before, walked across uh, the Red Sea. They walked across that Jordan River and, uh, and it was a, a dry riverbed that the Lord dried it up and as they followed the ark of God, they were able to get across to the other side. So I've already made the point that Joshua was was fixed upon the law of the Lord, but he was also uh, telling them to follow the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was symbolic of the presence of God. It It was a symbol of God's presence. You remember that inside of the Ark was the the law of God, the tablets where the law of God had been scribed by the finger of God. But also inside of that ark was Aaron's rod that had bloomed or budded uh, that was symbolic of the resurrection or the power of God. And then also in the ark was the manna that was placed within there that uh, was a reminder to them that God takes care of us, that God provides for us. As he, he rained uh, angel food out of heaven uh, for the children of Israel in the wilderness. All those things in the ark all symbolized the power of God, the provision of God, the law of God. It was all there in that, and it was all a symbol of the presence of God. And so he was saying, follow the ark of God across that river. Follow the presence of God. 
And so for those of us that are making decisions every day of our lives, and in particular, uh, the younger you are, the more significant those decisions can be. They say between the ages of 16 and 26, some some of the most important lifetime decisions are often made. Sometimes you make the decision as to uh, uh, what kind of schooling you're going to, to be involved in, what kind of career or business you might follow, who your lifetime spouse will be, and all those critical decisions are being made during those, those years. And it is important, young people, to make sure that you are following the law of the Lord You're fixed upon the Word of God. And also, you are pursuing the presence of God. Pursuing the presence of God. Amen. And uh, I know that you you can meet with the Lord in your bedroom. You can meet with the Lord in your car. uh, That He's not restricted to any particular place. But let me just remind you that this place here, the house of God, was dedicated for the purpose of worship. This place is not designed for any other thing. Uh, it's, not, it's not for circus games or fun and games. It's not for anything except for worship. This is a worship center. This is a place where we meet with God and where we invite the presence of God into this place. So don't neglect the house of God. Stay focused with God's word And stay focused on pursuing the presence of God. Always getting to the house of the Lord. And uh, pursuing the presence of the Lord. So Joshua is helping them to make some right decisions. uh, Telling them, stay after the word of God. Pursue the word of God. And then I'll bless you. I'll give you prosperity. I'll give you favor if you will meditate in the law of the Lord day and night. And I'll bless your life. And I'll provide for you if you'll pursue the presence of God. Get in the presence of God every time that you have the opportunity to get in the presence of the Lord. Now this was uh, also a reminder to them that, that, um, that God is the same for every succeeding generation. It doesn't matter. And I know you probably, some of you younger ones, you may get weary with hearing the old stories or this is what God did 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And it's wonderful that we can hear those kind of testimonies. But we need to remind the younger generation that God is still the same today as he was all those years ago. He can still do today what he has always done in the past. This was a reminder as they walked across uh, that dry riverbed of of the Jordan River God can do it now just like he did it 40 years ago for your fathers and brought them across the Red Sea. He can do it right now. He can do right now for you what he has promised that he would do. Praise the Lord. So we need to be able to demonstrate uh, to every generation that God is the same God and he can move today just as great and mighty and powerful as he's ever moved He can do the same today if we put our confidence in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. And you notice that that, uh, Joshua is the leader and he sees before him this first big fortress of Jericho. And uh, 
He knows that that's what they're going to face before they can make any other progress into the promised land. It's going to be Jericho. This fortified city, this walled city is before them. And he understands that uh, if we're going to take this city, we are going to have to have the help of the Lord. We're going to have to have God's help. So the Bible says that, that Joshua has an encounter with Jesus himself. Joshua chapter uh, 5, and I know I'm kind of skipping around here this morning. Joshua chapter 5, in verse 13 it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was, was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Now this was Joshua having an encounter with Jesus, the Son of God. This captain uh, 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 with his sword drawn. Uh, and he encountered him because he knew that Jericho was before him and he was not going to be able to face this big fortress. He was seeking after help and he had this encounter with the Lord and he gives to him exactly what to do. What do you want me to do? How do I go up against this great fortress? How do I face uh, this challenging time. And the Lord gave to him the exact way to go up against Jericho. March around it six times, quietly march the armies around the walls of Jericho. On the seventh day, march around the walls seven times. Then have all the trumpeters to blow their trumpets. And then everyone shout and when the shout comes, then the walls are going to fall down. Now that's strange, isn't it? That's strange and kind of weird, really, uh, for a big army uh, to come up against uh, a city like this. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, the, the best decision you will ever make in your life is to ask God, what do you want me to do in this particular challenge? Amen. Take all of your challenges, your needs, your problems uh, to the Lord and do it God's way. Amen. It may seem a little strange and peculiar, but just obey the voice of the Lord and do it God's way. And you know the story that they obeyed the voice of the Lord. And, and the Bible says that the walls fell down and and they were able to go in and to completely uh, destroy uh, the city of Jericho. And a great victory came because they obeyed the voice of the Lord. Amen. But the very next city is the city of Ai. It's much, much smaller than Jericho. It is so small that when they send their spies to look it over, they came back and said, it's really small. Just send a few men, maybe two or 3,000 men. You don't have to worry about this. Just go up against this city 
it, it'll, be, it'll be easy. No big deal at all. And you know the story that they went up against Ai with their small army. And as a result, they were completely defeated. There were 36 of their men that were killed. And they, they uh, caused all the, those soldiers to run for their lives. And great fear came upon all of the children of Israel. What was the difference in these two battles? The difference was... With Jericho, they got, they sought the Lord. Joshua sought the Lord. He got uh, counsel of the Lord on what he should do. But in Ai, he they was self-confident and thought, well, it's a small thing. It's not a big deal. I don't have to ask the Lord. Let me just remind you that as you're making decisions, sometimes it may seem like that they are small and insignificant, but you still need the help of the Lord. Even in the smaller things, you still need the help of the Lord when you make decisions, uh, whether they be great or small. And uh, you need to put your trust completely uh, in the Lord. Uh, great tragedy now comes on the children of Israel. And uh, uh, the Bible says that that, that, entire city, that the entire nation is affected by it. Verse 1 of chapter 7. It says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. There's a couple of things here about this decision that, 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 that happened among the children of Israel. It was Achan. He's the only one that's, that took of the possessions of the gold and the silver and the, and the possessions that was there. But the Bible says that all of Israel sinned. Israel had sinned, it says. The children of Israel committed a trespass. What does that tell you? Well, it, it tells me that, that uh, if I make a bad decision, it affects other people. It affects others in our lives. And, um, uh, and in Achan's case, when the judgment came, his entire household was stoned to death. They all were brought before uh, the judgment and they all lost their lives. And so Achan took of the accursed thing and all of his household and all of Israel was affected by the tragedy. So as a reminder, you make a bad decision. You make a decision that is not wise, that you do not seek the counsel of the Lord. It's not just your life. Other people are going to be affected by it. Amen. Other people are going to feel the impact of your unwise decision. And so I challenge you today, seek the Lord, call upon the Lord, Turn to the Lord. Stay in the presence of God. Obey the voice of the commandments of God. And do not veer to the left or to the right. <coughs> now, I know you may be thinking, uh, why did God, why was there such a severe judgment brought upon Israel and upon the household of Achan? Uh, because they went in and took of the, the gold and the spoil of the city when we know that it was clear in the scripture that God would give to them the promised land and all the spoils of the land 
was promised to them except Jericho. Every other city, all of the gold, all of the wealth, all of the spoils of those cities was going to be theirs to possess, but not Jericho. And the reason why is because Jericho was the first city. Jericho was the first city. And God wants you to put him first in everything. Oh, what an important decision it is that you make in your life to serve the Lord, but to put him first in everything that you do. Amen. Yes, ask the Lord for counsel and wisdom in big things and in small things, and, but make sure that you put him first. Make the decision. Determine in your heart, I'm going to make God first in my life above all. Jericho and all of the possessions of Jericho were to be taken into the house of the Lord. Joshua 6 and 19. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. That's what God commanded. Only the city of Jericho, because it was the first of the cities. Again, a reminder to us, it's always the right decision to put God first in your life. Amen. To make sure that God is first. All the spoil of the promised land was going to be theirs except for the first. And of course, that lays out for us the, the principle of the tithe. And that God, God, the tithe belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the tithe belongs uh, to uh, the Lord. Actually, everything that you have and everything that you own, all of your possessions, all of it is his. It's all his. And... Uh, but he's given it to you so that you will steward it and that you'll place the right priorities over the possessions that he's given to you. And that 10% belongs to the Lord. Just like Jericho belonged to the Lord, so does your tithe, your 10%, the first fruits of all of your increase. I mentioned the other day that... Uh, Dennis, our little friend that was coming uh, to church, that he came to me um, a week or two ago asking me about, okay, now he said, I want to get this straight. Now, what am I supposed to do? He's on disability. He gets a check every month. And so he, he, wanted, he wanted to clarify, what amount of this do I give to God? So I let him know. I let him know exactly what goes to the Lord. 10% of that increase belongs to the Lord. It is already his. And you are to steward it and give it to the Lord. Now, that's not an easy pill to swallow sometimes for people that are first uh, being exposed to the things of the Lord. But the first fruits of your increase belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's the principle of the first. Leviticus 27 and verse 30. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land... Or of the fruit of the, of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. You've heard us talk about our experience in Nigeria. 
going to those church services and they uh, celebrated their offering time, literally dancing down the aisle at offering time. First of all, it would be the children. They'd dance down the aisle and put their offering in. Then the youth would come and they would line up at the back and they would dance down the aisle and bring their offering. I'm telling you, it was a joyful part of the service. They all, now they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have a lot of possessions, but they did bring their tithe and their offering to the Lord. On the front steps of the platform were chickens with their legs tied up and they were, they were just laying there helpless. <laughs> outside there was, there was a, a cow tied up outside that some farmer had brought to give his 10% of his flock uh, to, to the house of the Lord, you took up, talk about an interesting experience. There, were, there would be like grain and corn, and the whole first, the whole front of the building was filled up with all their possessions that they brought because they they had been taught the importance of bringing the first fruits. Now contrast that with uh, some of the churches that we were exposed to in India, and I was there actually by myself teaching in a, uh, a, a pastor's uh, fellowship. And uh, I'm talking, you're talking poverty. These, these pastors don't have anything. And, uh, and so I taught during, the, they wanted me to teach like four hours a day and it was exhausting in the heat. Uh, but I taught one day on tithing and I saw the bewildered look in their eyes and, the, and so later on, the, one of the leader, leaders said to me, they, they, brother, they, they can't do that tithe. They can't do that. They're poor. They have nothing. They cannot do that. Contrast that with, with Nigeria, and they did not have anything either. But they brought their tithe, and it was a joyful celebration of the fact that this belonged to the Lord. And they were experiencing the help of the Lord. But many of those, those brethren in those churches in India were terribly impoverished because they had not accepted the principle of first. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you're struggling in the area of your finances and you're wondering, Lord, why am I in the mess I'm in? And why am I in all this trouble? I challenge you. And that's what God does in Malachi chapter three. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's the house of God. That there may be meat in mine house and prove me or put me to the test. So I challenge you here today, if you're struggling in the area of your, your finances or any area of your life, put God first. Put God first. Put him to the test. That's what it says. Prove me now, saith the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. You'll see this principle all throughout the word of the Lord. Proverbs uh, 13, uh, 3 and 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So however you're increased, if you're increased, Honor the Lord with the first fruits of that. Amen. That's what those Nigerian Christians were doing. They, they would bring part of their, uh, their uh, corn or their grain or their 
their flock or their herds or whatever. They would bring that 10% uh, to the house of the Lord. And it was a wonderful, wonderful, joyous celebration of putting God first. You'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong when you choose to put God first. Amen. Amen. And choose the life of God's blessing in your life. You want God's favor and God's blessing? Yes, even the prosperity that's promised here in Joshua chapter 1 that will come to you if you'll put him first in every area of your life. Amen. We've all, we all make decisions every day. Every day you're making decisions. And I pray that you will call upon the Lord and turn to the Lord like Joshua did and make wise and godly decisions. Amen. Don't, just, don't make a decision on a whim. Don't, don't make a decision without seeking the Lord. Don't make a decision without uh, really having the peace of God in your heart. Know that you are following the will of the Lord and you will be blessed. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you give to all of us, Lord, the opportunity to make wise and godly decisions. And then we expect, Lord, that you are going to, in turn, bless our lives, work in our lives. Show us, Lord, your divine help, your divine favor. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. You know, this all